0: This week we are talking about the Apostle Paul and you need to know about him and here's why. Besides Jesus, he is the most significant character or the most significant person in the whole New Testament. He writes half of the New Testament books. And uh, up until this point, we have the 12 disciples of Jesus. Fairly simple guys, for the most part. We know um, they're fishermen and they're the followers of Jesus. They go wherever he goes and then they, kind of uh, all the way to martyrdom, confess their faith. But then, onto the scene comes this intellectual giant named Saul, who later is Paul. But Saul steps onto the scene and he is a thinker. He is Jewish. He's also a Roman citizen. Maybe because someone in his family down the line was uh, worked in the army or something like that. But somehow he has Roman citizenship. So he understands most likely Latin. He understands Greek. He understands the, the language of the Hebrews. And so he can have these conversations around the whole globe. And he is the tool and the instrument that God uses to reach the whole globe, essentially. So where does it start for him? And why is he so significant? So Paul, which we know in the Bible, is from Tarsus. And Tarsus, you're probably saying like, that does not sound like Jerusalem. It's not. So Jerusalem would have been like the main center of the Jewish faith. And they had the diaspora, as they call it. So people went out all to these different nations and they would set up their own churches and their own synagogues in these small towns. So when you hear about it in the New Testament, Paul went and he preached at the synagogue. This would have been kind of a small Jewish community that was there. Now, if you're not inside the temple of Jerusalem, here's the situation. You're no longer um, around the scriptures in that way. You had to work somewhere else. And so they did that in these synagogues and they would study the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And they became experts. And we know this about Paul. Not only is he just a Jewish person, not only is he a Roman citizen, but... He also comes from a family that believed in Pharisaism, which is he was a Pharisee. And what does that mean? This is not an official group like the Sanhedrin or Sanhedrin. This is kind of like a watchdog society, a society that says, okay, as Jewish people, are we living the rules and the laws of the Torah? Are we doing a good job with that? So much so that that he later went to Jerusalem to study under Gamaliel. They wanted him to be like the ultimate Pharisee. So when he describes himself, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. He says that he uh, followed all the laws. He was perfect on these laws, flawless on these laws, and he was a Pharisee, and he was a zealot. we got to talk about that because that's really a foundation that identifies who Paul is in the New Testament. So, we got to go back a little bit in history to understand kind of the underpinings of why this makes sense. So, imagine it was a time where we have Moses, and Moses is speaking and he's teaching, but the people are tempted to follow the ways of the unbelieving nations. And so one of these instances, they're tempted by the women of Moab and the Moabites and they were tempted by the women of Midian. And there's an instance where they're tried; they have this plague that's affecting them because they have so gone off, kind of away from what God wanted. And here comes this guy with this foreign woman that was totally forbidden and he goes into his tent and you could guess what was happening in this tent. Well, a guy named Phineas takes his spear. Goes to the tent and puts it through both of them. And you're like, okay, that's pretty zealous. Well, he is a hero. The plague stops, and everyone recognizes that with zealousness often comes this idea of violence. Speed ahead about 1300 years, and it's the year 167 BC. There's a guy named, he's the emperor, Antiochus Epiphanes, and he has this idea that no longer are we going to allow Jewish freedom of religion in any way. Instead, you only could sacrifice to Zeus. So they go in. They totally sack Jerusalem. And they kind of take the temple and they sacrifice literally a pig, an unclean animal, on the altar. This so incenses, this so incenses the people of Jerusalem, the, the good, solid Pharisees and the people that said, we have to stick tr- uh, true to God's word, that we have a revolt and the Maccabean Revolt, and the main player in that is a guy named Judas Maccabeus, inspired by his father, who killed a priest who was about to do an unclean sacrifice on the altar. Inspired by his father, Judas Maccabeus, the hammer, leads them to freedom and eventually cleanses the temple. Why does this all matter? Because if you know anyone who's Jewish, they still celebrate a holiday called Hanukkah. This is the celebration, the cleansing of the temple, 160 years. So imagine, these are kind of these zealot factions of the Jewish faith that say we have to remain true to what God's word says. Paul comes from that family. So much so that it influences the way that he looks at things. So, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But before we get to that, I think there's a couple takeaways. Even though Paul was zealous to the point of violence, I think it's always convicting when you take a look at your own life and say, Has, have I, really, have I been zealous for the faith that I now have? Have I let Christ dwell in me? And, and have I understood and spent time in his word so much so that I say, people have to know about it because God's word matters? Or have I become indifferent, like the Hellenistic Jews at the time of the Maccabees? Or the, the Israelites at the time of Phinehas? or a lot of the Jews at the time of Paul? Second question, I think, is this. Have I looked inside to say, God, I need time in this word to change, not just a nation, but to change me? And it starts with simple steps. God, what do you say about my life? What you say about my life is true. Help me find my value in Christ and help me move forward with a passion that says the world needs to know about you because they don't know you yet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we we look at Paul and we're overwhelmed, really. His life itself is convicting because we see the passion that he has, the desire that he has to be the best Christian he can be. But he finds, it seems early on, his value in what he has done. Help us not find value in what we've done, but find value in what you have accomplished. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. We hope that you love this podcast and that it helps you grow in your faith and get closer to Jesus. And we would love more and more people to have that experience too. Which is why I want to ask you today to leave a review of this podcast. With just a few moments of your time, you can help us spread the word to more people who can meet more and more of Jesus. Besides, what else are you going to do? Look at your phone? Check the weather again? Go on social media? Binge on Netflix? Okay, I won't shame you, but we'd love a review. Thanks. Thanks for sharing this podcast, and we'll talk to you soon.